Hello. Hi, Rebecca. It's Beatrice. Hi, Beatrice. It's Rebecca. How are you? I'm okay. Um, how are you? What have you been doing last week? I'm alright. I'm very excited at the moment because as we speak, literally as we speak, I'm I've just bought a new iPad. Ooh. So it's just, you know, when it's like updating all your apps and everything. Ooh. I'm so excited. I can't even. Did you buy it's a new like, cover as well? Yes. Yes. Let me tell you. Okay. So I just <laughs> thought I'm going to go for cool and feminine. I don't even care. So the iPad is that kind of pale black brushed gold color, which I think is rather chic. Ooh. And then I went for this super duper pale, pale, pale pink wow. cover. I just thought. Let's just, you know, go pink. I yeah, don't care. Yeah. And I got one of those pencils. I'm so excited. Oh, yeah, that sounds exciting. So I you can't must... wait for it all to be set up so I can use an Apple pencil. You must demonstrate at some point. Oh, you will be sick of me demonstrating. <laughs> that is all I will do. Okay. I, see I mean, we can just draw pictures. We can write things. I mean, I won't. I don't even know what I can do yet. Yeah. I okay. Get it. So... I'm I'm a little distracted because I'm just thinking. That's has right. it, Are all my apps there yet? Yeah, that's totally understandable. Yeah. And what else have you been doing apart from choosing colors well, for you? Apart iPad? from you know painstakingly going through every variation I could think of of color combos, um, I wanted to tell you because do you remember last week I was telling you that there was going to be more fashion illustration marvelousness this yes. week. Yes. Well, it really has just been, like, I just feel like I'm on a high from it all because it's been so inspiring. On Monday, Connie Gray, who is amazing, she owns, with her husband, Ashley, um, Gray MCA, this lovely gallery that focuses on fashion illustration and modern textiles. Mm -hmm. And they have these amazing shows every year called Drawing on Style that are just beautiful because um, she focuses on like the greats as it were of the 20th century and a few contemporary people and she is oh my god bitch it was incredible she just said oh i'll come and bring some some illustrations to show your students and i think we're like still in some kind of delirium <laughs> because she turned up with this portfolio and it was like here's a rene boucher Here's an Antonio Lopez. Here's an Eric. Wow. It was just extraordinary. And seeing them up close is so phenomenal. And like the René Boucher is just incredible because it's, you can see it's like a lightning sketch. It's like really, really quick of a Givenchy from 1967. And there's just so much energy in it and it's rough and it's, it's just amazing because you get the sense of him looking at this dress and just really quickly wanting to record it so that one was beautiful and then I was really interested because <clears throat> we were talking about how for us and for her it's really interesting that because they weren't judged as fine art they have like the the you know notes from the um people who are I can't think of the proper word, like setting the page and everything. Oh, and yeah. Printers. Mm -hmm. So you get, you know, you'll get a line where it says, you know, scale to eight point eight and a quarter centimetres, um, not centimetres, inches. Or you'll get, you know, somebody's signed this off in this department and a stamp from that department that they've sent it, they've signed it off. So there's such a kind of, they're like historical documents of 
like a moment in magazine making and in printing and there's there's even she had i think four maybe joe euler drawings from the shows in paris i think they were 70s maybe yeah i think 70s and they 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 were sent to back from paris to new york via some kind of telex machine which i don't even really know what the machine is but it's really interesting because they had to be done on small paper because the machine could only cope with small oh, paper. And then are they and, just black and white? or? Yeah, they're black and white. So, so the illustrators had to use really bold lines so mm. that they would read. So it's like that really fascinating link between technology and art. And then the where they've they've gone through the machine do you remember on like fax machines you'd get like a line of like i don't know the date and how many oh, yeah. pages you sent and la la you've got like the telex equivalent of that running down one side of the page where they've been put through a machine and i just love that i just love that <laughs> yeah just that sense that there's so much history embedded in each page and and it was really interesting because connie obviously is an art dealer and she was saying that for them to sell she you know when she first was selling fashion illustration she would leave all of those side notes in mm. but then she realized that clients want want it to look like fine art oh, so now she frames them like she doesn't obviously get rid of any yeah, of that but she awesome. frames them yeah mm. and it's so interesting because it's like that's part of what gives them value to us because obviously you appreciate that the, the drawing as a work of art I think it is fine art but then the other things just enhance it mm. to me yeah um so it was amazing and she was also saying that you know 90 95 percent of fashion original fashion drawings are gone because they weren't valued they would just you know come into the office be set and printed and then be thrown away wow mm. I know <laughs> so 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 Connie is just oh she I'm you I don't know think you've met her no you must meet her because she's so nice and she knows so much it was just wonderful hearing her tell stories about how she'd found these things or you know there was one oh what was the lady's name i think it was lorena leppi who i hadn't heard of but this lovely 50s dress um it's not dress sketch of a dress and she said that that connie said that she was just when they they have a show in new york as well every year and she said that this lovely old elderly lady came up to her and said I used to be a, a a fashion artist, please, can I come and show you, you know, my sketches? And she's like, yes, please. And she just turned up with this lovely, you know, book full of beautiful drawings that she'd done in the 50s. And it's it's just like, I don't know, it's really amazing that Connie's sort of going around the world trying to find these things. Yeah. And it's so good that she's doing it. Do you know how she got into it? I think from just sort of being an art dealer and then specialising more and more. Mm, mm. But it's it's just so fascinating and it's just, yeah. And then, so it was really interesting because we kind of did the Kenneth block that I told you about a couple of weeks ago. Then we did this one because Connie was the one who set up for us to get the Kenneth block drawing. Mm. So that's wonderful. And then yesterday we had an event at the Courtauld, which was two young um contemporary artists which I, t I think I told you yes. about last week mm. and I have Frieda and Belwyn 
And that was just so lovely. They were so generous. They they brought lots of their artwork with them and sort of set up a table that looked really beautiful with their drawings. Um, and um, Val Winbrook, she also makes Blythe dolls. You know, you I didn't know this, but you like buy them as a kit and then you can do their makeup and their hair. And what she does is she does their makeup and hair and then she commissions people to make little outfits for them and then she photographs them so it's oh. really interesting because it's like she's kind of yeah she's like styling Style, them but she, yeah. she's also then editorializing them it's, and, and, and the they makeup. Really, yeah exactly i love the makeup i miss i missed link you to her instagram for the dolls because it's really beautiful and she was talking about how you know it really links to her artwork as well and so we just had a it was just like in conversation with those two and we had like slides of their work going all the time we had a really nice audience i was really pleased because it's you know a very sunny day at um, lunchtime yeah. <laughs> you think how many people will come but it was a lovely lovely audience and really interesting discussion about how they got into fashion illustration and you know working on commissions and the difficulties of freelance work and you know problems of people thinking you should give away fashion illustration free and mm. it was really interesting mm. how did they get into it well Thelwyn, um was born in jakarta and sort of lived in indonesia and then um because there were riots happening there moved to la with her family when she was about 16 and studied design more broadly but then got pulled more and more towards fashion illustration. But it was interesting because she calls herself an artist, which I think she is. Um, I'm not, you know, but it yeah, was yeah. interesting because she names herself an artist and Frida calls herself a fashion illustration. It's really interesting because I was saying to them, you're both, both. Mm. But it's it's kind of, yeah, where you position yourself. Because she also does paintings that are really interesting about kind of women and sexuality and the body and identities um so yeah she went sort of design and like motion design for sort of animation and entertainment design so she's she's really interesting because she's come from more of a three-dimensional mm. background if you see what I mean but she did also do like life drawing classes and things um and then Frida did the graphic design that sorry the illustration part of the graphics BA at Central St Martins, but mm. she did a fashion foundation. So she's really interesting because she she knows how the clothes are made work. and work mm, mm. as well. And I think they're really interesting because Felwyn, I think her work, she's really pushing to understand identity and femininity. I think in her work, and you can see that in the different manifestations. And then I think with Frida, it's like these sort of characters that she creates. And there's like narratives. If you kind of look at her work over time, you can see these sort of these characters and stories sort of emerging. It's like she's, yeah, it's like she's a sort of short storyteller or something wow. through mm, these mm. drawings. So I think they're both, you know, amazing and amazingly talented. And it was really nice because other really great fashion illustrators were there. So Poppy Poppy Wadila was there, whose work I really liked. Um, I was talking to her because she's getting more into to doing illustrations of interiors which I ah, really like yeah, yeah isn't that interesting mm, mm. and then Martin Welsh who is just wonderful who has such wit in his work and such life in his work it's really lovely Petra Borner was there who's who's great who does beautiful kind of prints um 
kind of multi-layered colours and quite abstracted faces, which are lovely. Um, and I think there were quite a few kind of younger, upcoming illustrators there. So it was really nice. It was, mm. I mean, it was a mix because, you know, my students were there, which was lovely. And it was it was a really, really lovely kind of happy event. So it was great. Oh, I wish I could have come. Is that the last event now for for until the last, the final, final one for this academic year? I really hope you can come to it. It's on the twenty ninth, which is a Friday. Do you think you can be possibly? Maybe? Yeah, I really hope so because it's, um, you know, I think it was before Christmas a while ago. Anyway, that I was a guest on the Conversations, which is a really good podcast with Henry oh, yes. Galina mm. and Jason Campbell. Well, they're going to record an episode of the conversations live at the Courtauld, wow. which is really exciting yes. and oh they're both just so lovely just such fantastic people like Henrietta is a digital strategist and just the sweetest person ever and just really fascinating and Jason is amazing he's like a, a trend hunter forecaster personal stylist just both of them they just know everything about the fashion industry and they're really insightful and really funny as well and so the, each of the podcasts is on a particular question. So this, the one for us, is going to be on what do we want from fashion writing and images now, which oh. I think is so is such a like important question mm. and so relevant to you know me as a fashion historian to my students to to so many people I think because it's it's like a question that touches on all of us really. Yeah, and there's, um, and there's so much change at the moment. Yes, or exactly. For a while I think now, it'd be, yeah. Yeah, and I think it will be really great to hear their views on it. So it'll be them talking about it together and then they'll throw it open to the audience. So I'm really hoping it's it's like 10.30 to 12 in the morning. So I know a lot of people will be at work, but I hope a lot of people can get the morning off. Yeah. And come along. Plan it now. Yes, plan ahead, Beatrice. You yeah. have to be there um, because I just think it will be so interesting yeah. and I really wanted this term to do kind of different kinds of events you know to do ones that were engaging different kind of audiences and different kinds of people um so I hope we'll get a big audience and a really diverse audience mm. oh it sounds really good I think I can come so yeah oh, thanks. Excellent. thanks for mentioning it now that would be really really fun if you could come and obviously I'll show you my ipad as well yeah <laughs> in between yes. I'll keep nudging you yeah you can so occasionally look, sort look of casually casually yes. hold it up and write something with your pen exactly yeah exactly yes that would be my polite approach but what have you been up to well my my what I've been sort of doing and thinking about is sort of almost the opposite it was sort of more like a almost solitary thing we a while ago at the museum we acquired a big collection of a company called black b-l-a-a-k and they were around in the early millennium and um they it's it's two people and they they made really wonderful clothes and a lot of them they sort of did stuff to to fabrics you're not meant to do really so what, what they kind did of well they did quite a bit of over dyeing so they put together fabrics of different um makeups so synthetic cotton wool and then they dyed ah. them afterwards and so right. you, you don't quite know which fabric will take the color in which way so it was a, like an experiment you just dye it and you, you you just see what happens yeah um or they were using this sort of very stiff net 
and but if you wash it it becomes quite soft um, but it also oh. shrinks if I remember correctly so you have to sort of think about how that's going to affect your garments um, and a lot of the a lot of the clothes are made up of lots of different fabrics together so colleague of mine Natasha and I um, we're cataloging them so the way we do it is that she types it all up which is by far the most complicated thing and I, I, I'm I, with the object and I I try and string sentences together and try and describe them right. which is actually really quite difficult um, so part of me thought I should have something like you know when they in um, CSI when they do the post-mortem they often have this <laughs> they have this mic- microphone hanging from the ceiling and I think they're just <laughs> They just go around the body and they just talk. Um, so I thought maybe I should have a setup you like that. You really definitely yeah, should. Yeah. And you should wear scrubs and Yeah, exactly. Everything. That's true. I Yeah, I do have a lab coat, but I don't often wear it. Um, oh, God. I mean, should. as much as I love working with Natasha. So that, that could be one thing. But mm. um, it's just sometimes really tricky. I, I'm sort of just thinking, for instance, there was one particular dress which looked a bit 20s. It was quite a straight sort of shift dress sleeveless Mm. but then the front um from the waist up to roughly one shoulder it was sort of diagonally fastened with i think poppers or something like that but the the top part was intentionally made too big so it would you know throw folds when you actually did it up but it it's not even meant to made be made up it was meant to just hang down um and just describe, you know, the way I've described it now, I couldn't really write that down in a catalogue description yes. like that. So, so it's quite, um, yeah, it's quite, it's it's sort of an art form, um, and yeah. which I don't, ha- which I haven't totally mastered. Um, when when I worked, so that my first job was cataloguing a lot of stuff, a lot of the court dress uniforms at Kensington Palace, and I worked with mm. someone who just come back from Paris, Caroline Rees, and she just catalogued a lot of the Dutch, Duke and Duchess of Windsor clothes. Oh, wow. And she was a fantastic teacher. She's She was really, really good. Um, so she taught me quite a bit. And they're sort of weird terms you use, like self-fabric. Self what self-fabric? So if you have a cotton dress and you have a belt of the same fabric, I you see, might yes. call it a self-fabric belt. But then... Yes. We're having a lot of discussions at the moment about what kind of words to use um, because the the um, cataloging text might go online. So at the moment we have one text for oh. internal use, which is often really really detailed, and then on for our online captions it's often not that detailed, mm. um, and it's more the social history of the item rather than sure. so. I think that all we need to think about all 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 that stuff. I quite I quite like how the VNA do it because I think they have sort of separate sections. So yes, that, they do. So they yeah. still have the detailed because the people who might want to make something like that, that's yeah for them that's really interesting. Um, and then they have the sort of social history um, uh, information in a sort of slightly different in a different field. So so that's one thing we need to think about. But also. Um, about sort of what kind of words you use you know like for different kind of collars or necks um i i use this document which was brought out i'm not quite sure it's by an american 
the University of the Oregon State University. <laughs> it's quite an old document, but it's really good. It's got all these line drawings with um, all these different names for different pockets. And oh, that's good. Yeah, but then some of them, like, would you know what a Florentine neckline is? Yeah, see, I wouldn't know either. It says here, moderately low, but very wide angular or square neckline. So is it looking to art history? I'm not sure. Possibly. Yeah, I guess it must do. Yeah, obviously, yeah. Um, or a scoop neckline. I wouldn't really know what that I is either. I think I'd know a scoop ah, if I saw one. Okay. Um, and they have a Sabrina. Um, oh, yes. So that's probably not what we would use because... No, yeah. and I suppose... Cause because I suppose it's like you're writing it for yourselves. You're writing it potentially for an online audience. But then, you know, that description might not be rewritten again for 20 years. Mm. So it has to still make sense in 20 years' time when the film Sabrina may have yes. dropped even further off the radar. Yes, um, there is. Yeah, there is that. And I also keep wondering what we're actually doing it for because originally of course some of the some of the descriptions we have are really really super detailed and they're partly there to just identify the item should it ever god forbid be um separated from its number right a lot of that was done pre-images so you know sometimes i wonder how much of this very detailed stuff do we still need but then of course there's a lot of things you can't see on an image and then, of yeah. course, it's different if you're dealing with an 18th century garment um, than if you have a T-shirt, say. Yes. Um, I mean, I find the detail really useful. For example, well, I, I find it really useful when I'm looking at things online to get more detail just in terms of, like, when I'm doing research, I might think, well, I definitely do need to see that then mm. because of the description and also just so that I understand what the garment is a bit more if I've never actually seen it myself. But then I also find it useful sometimes when, you know, like when I did all that research in America and I'd seen just like hundreds and hundreds of things. And, you know, I had taken notes, but I wouldn't, you know, sometimes I'd have forgotten some detail. So mm. it would be really useful if I didn't have to, you know, bother a curator about it. it you know, it told me exactly how it fastened at the back or something. Mm. So I think, but then, then... I don't know, I suppose it's like who your audiences yeah. are really, isn't it? And it's like how you balance making something comprehensible and readable as well. Mm. So one thing we've been thinking about is having just one sentence that quickly describes it. Yeah. Because with some of the very detailed descriptions, you read the entire description, you're still not entirely sure what it yeah. actually yeah. is. Yeah, no, sentence at. sounds good idea um so that's what we might might do but i guess yeah you're right probably and there isn't probably even too much detail you can't really have have that um in a way yeah so. i think in a way no and i think it's also quite good because it pushes people to to kind of understand that dress is really detailed mm. and you have to really really look and really understand it do you know what i mean that that you can't just think well i mean you can in some context but for us it's like you can't just think that's a red evening dress the end that you have to start thinking about how did it be you know how does it become that shape how does it fall and everything else so I think it's good to show the level at which you can think about the object as mm. well 
I saw somewhere, I can't remember where that was, where they put the weight as well. Wow, and no, thought, that's one I've never heard. Yeah, of. and I thought that was really interesting because it some is. because some of at some point I was sort of looking at our our stays and the earlier ones are so heavily boned and you can wow. you know they are they weigh much more. I can't remember how much now, but I did weigh one of the early ones and then one of the sort of seventeen eighties nineties ones. That's really interesting. Um, Although I'm really bad at weights, which is why I'm always ordering like a gigantic bag of lentils. <laughs> From a cargo when I really wanted a tiny bag because I have no sense of the size of things. I guess one would find have to find an equivalent, like it's so so and so many small water bottles or I don't know. What <laughs> you you could, could do it for me. You could do it all into relation to the size of Coda. Okay. Yeah. Like so, yeah. how how heavy is it in relation to me picking up my dog? Um. Yeah. I guess that that it might be a bit disconcerting because there might be half dogs. Um, oh, then don't, because that yeah, would freak me out. Yeah. Okay, no. I thought that was, you know, one that I could finally understand the concept of weight, but no. It might not quite work. The other thing we've been we've been talking about is colours. Um, yes, because I, I remember, do you remember when I had that fellowship at the Smithsonian? Oh, yeah. Um, the curator whose office I was working in, um, Priscilla, who's lovely, she was doing cataloguing, and... It was just insane. Like they, they'd moved away that you were only allowed, like you couldn't call something, I don't know, like say azure blue. You could only say light, dark or mid blue. Mm. I, I think and, there are quite a few places where where they do that. Yeah, because I think people see things, colours so differently that it's really problematic, isn't it? And also some some i'm not very good with flowers so mm. if it's a flower color yes i yeah. might that might not mean anything necessarily yes. to me or in english it might not um so that's that's another issue and then you know there's sort of certain colors like purple lilac mm. aubergine crimson yes. where people i don't know people seem to use them in slightly slightly different yes. way but then there are some colors like say fuchsia um yeah. which is a one of those flower colors mm. I, I, that would be really hard i think to describe in a different way i don't yes. know it's a sort of light like blue red thing. yeah but it's yeah but then as i was gonna say but it's more blue mm. oh my goodness and also being a curator is tough yeah it's really tough coming up i i mean partly also i do quite like um funny names colors um i know this is not appropriate I for this too. kind of kind yeah. of thing but i i remember um at, at one museum i had this intern and she i would always just for fun she came up with the most amazing color names i would always say what would you call this and then she would say champagne or you know <laughs> i don't know what else she would have said cognac or um, it wasn't all it wasn't all um, alcohol <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't all alcoholic beverages, but she had the most amazing. I don't know. She should have worked for Pantone or something. She came up with the most amazing names. Um, I guess it's like the people who come up with names for nail varnish. That must be a fun well, you thing. You know, to that's do. like my dream retirement job. Yeah. I like imagine myself looking. I mean, obviously, I don't look anything like Jean Harlow, but being like Jean Harlow in Dinner for Eight, you know, when she's in bed and she's just in all like silks. Yeah. And, and I just imagine um, someone bringing me like a bunch of swatches and I just throw off names for 
teaches them. Yeah. I think that when I'm an old lady, that's what I want my job to be. Okay, well, that's noted. Mm. That's noted. That's a good, I think that's a good life goal. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so that's what we've been doing, but we've only had sort of three sessions and we've done maybe a fifth of the collection, so that's quite... Wow, but it's so detailed. It's like one of those things you think, oh, that will be quick, but it's so... Like, you just have to get every aspect right and mm. think about so many different things when you're doing it. Mm. But I do like the idea of you combining it with your love of CSI and yes. having a microphone and everything. Yeah, I think maybe when we've moved to the new museum. Um, oh, they definitely should then. Yeah, yeah, we can do yeah, that. Yeah, you need to be really... And, c and can you have your storeroom all sort of metal and Oh, yeah, that, it's sort of metal anyway, um, but maybe we That's need to true. ask people to wear Tyvek overalls to go in or something like that. That would be brilliant. Mm. And those funny polythene bag thingies on their shoes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's what we're going to do. And goggles. <laughs> yeah, and goggles. And lab goggles. Yeah, hopefully just for fun and not because for some reason. Yeah, um. hopefully not because it's toxic. Yeah. Hopefully just for fashion statements. Yeah. Wow. That does sound good. So will you be doing more of that this week? Uh yeah, I think we've got two more sessions, at least one or two more coming up this week. It'll yeah, it'll take it'll take quite a while and then we have to sew labels into everything as well. So um wow. and I think it's about a hundred and seventy pieces or so. So that will Goodness. That will take quite a uh, quite a long time. Um, and are your labels are they are they printed? Do you write them? Ooh, that's a very interesting question. Mm. Um, we've just um, changed slightly how we do them. Oh la la! Yeah. So what we're using now is Tyvek. Um, I love Tyvek. Yeah. So we cut Tyvek into little strips, and then we wow. use an archival pen to write on it. Um, oh my goodness. And then we sew that on. And I, I really like that because you can write quite small. The pens come in, yes. they come very in very thin. That sounds quite Margiela. I like that. Yeah. Um, whereas before we had something that was a little bit more, it was also a good system, but was a little bit more difficult to write a small number. So yes. we've tried all sorts of things. At some point we had for very fine garments, and I think we still might have to do that for something really fine, like a silk scarf or so. Yes. We, ha we actually had a very fine silk ribbon um, oh lovely yes or some sometimes in the past um, cotton ribbon has been used but that again writing on that is not so great that sometimes yeah. bleeds yes so our textile conservator um, she's she's tried at the time I mean she put it in water and she ironed it and she tried all sorts of different things um, but it seems to be pretty stable so that's what Amazing. we're gonna do and ideally, she'd like us to use curved needles, but I just can't get I don't ahead. know what that is. So instead of having a straight needle, it's just yes. like a half, like a crescent shape. It's actually curved. Ooh. And um, conservators use them a lot. And I've tried it a few times. I need to try what's it more the often. Advantage of that? Well, if you have to, sometimes you might have to put a label in a slightly tricky situation. You know, you might mm. have... Um, you say you have a, a bag and you want yeah. to put the label inside on the on the lining I of the bag see. and it might be quite difficult to get to so a curved needle is it makes it a bit easier to get into a sort of more difficult um places 
but it's just really hard to get the hang of, at least for me. So um, I'll, I'll persevere, but at the moment I'm not doing a fantastic Ooh, can job. Can I just come and watch you do this? Well, it you sounds can, so fascinating. You can come and practice. Um, you probably shouldn't... I don't know if you'd really want me to do that. <laughs> um, I'd be good at writing small numbers see? on toilet paper. I could do that. Yeah, so you but can do that I don't know that, that you bit. want me sewing anything. Yeah, and I don't think you want to watch me. You want to watch a textile conservator doing it. I think if you watch me, that's not so satisfying. Um, <laughs> yeah, so that will probably take a few more months to get through everything. But it's, it's quite a therapeutic thing. It's, yeah, it yeah, sounds like very it. calming. Mm. And the pieces are really, really nice. Um, yeah. So they were, yeah, so that that's a fun thing to do. That is nice. And that's, that's very yeah, good. that's that's the most exciting thing I think for me. This that's week. exciting enough. Yeah. Fabulous. Well. Wow. Okay. Well. Okay. Well, it's great to talk to you, yeah, and I'm good. so thrilled you could come on the 29th. Yes, I'll really look forward to it. Um, but right. we'll speak before that. Yeah, definitely. Speak soon. Bye. Okay. Bye. Bye.